7.32 and bilateral relations between South Korea and Japan not exactly going swimmingly. Let's take a closer look now at the newspaper's response with this radar row ongoing and a whole bunch of other meaningful incidents lately. Jade Lee's here. Good morning. Good morning, Alex. Uh, one of the latest meaningful incidents was actually more of an omission. It was Prime Minister Shinzo Abe failing to mention Mm -hmm. uh, the country's relationship with South Korea during his annual policy speech on Monday. That's right. Um, Abe removed a paragraph outlining his vision for Japan's ties with South Korea from his speech in a possible reflection of their increasingly tense relationship. This was a departure from previous policy addresses where Abe dedicated a whole paragraph detailing his desire to promote what he had often called future-oriented relations with Seoul. The two countries have already had long-held historical and territorial disputes, but an alleged radar lock-on incident in December and a Japanese military plane's low-altitude flyby last week have poured fuel on the fire. Indeed. So, mm-hmm. let's get to the Seoul Shinmun. Sure. The Seoul Shinmun said Abe might have strategically avoided mentioning South Korea during his address. Um, on the same day, Japan's foreign minister Taro Kono repeated the country's sovereignty claims over Tokdo, which South Koreans regard as reckless claims, and urged South Korea to keep its promises made internationally. So some watchers analyzed that Prime Minister Abe decided to not bring up South Korea at all to avoid creating further friction. Now, the two countries should resolve pending issues with a calm and restrained attitude. First, the foreign ministries need to come up with solutions to historical issues that have been the major point of contention, such as the Supreme Court's recent ruling on compensation for South Korean victims of forced labor. And the military authorities also need to resume talks after having a cooling-off period to prevent a recurrence. A tumultuous relationship between Seoul and Tokyo will cause trouble in their effort to denuclearize the Korean Peninsula, so the two countries must make frequent contact via official and unofficial channels, and President Moon and Prime Minister Abe should hold talks and agree on halting any provocative acts against each other. Let's also move on to the Mail Business newspaper's response. Mm -hmm. The Mail Business newspaper approached the issue from a similar perspective. The Seoul-Tokyo relationship is now so risky that it leads people to worry about possible military clashes. South Korea and Japan are Washington's two important allies and are both based on democratic values. This is what enabled the two countries, despite their woes over wartime history, to maintain their ties for over five decades. But the two neighbors tend to easily get upset about trivial issues and make a big deal out of them, while enduring provocations from China or North Korea. And things are even worse as the U.S. Trump administration is less likely to play a mediating role. So the two countries' leadership should make a decision based on future interests and rationality. Amid the ongoing geopolitical turbulence in Northeast Asia, frozen ties will only work against them. This is an issue that Moon and Abe should deal with themselves using all possible means, perhaps through an unofficial dialogue channel. And if that's not possible, they should have at least a phone call to resolve the issue. 
What was the Kyunghyang Shinmen's take? Well, the Kyunghyang Shinmen agreed that the situation requires both sides to remain calm, but harshly criticized Prime Minister Abe for trying to use the strained ties with South Korea to his own advantage in domestic politics. It is inappropriate and regrettable that Abe deliberately excluded Seoul in his speech, let alone trying to resolve conflicts as a national leader. Not even briefly mentioning its neighbor while spending time to touch upon diplomacy with the Middle East and Africa is an intentional disregard of Seoul. And it is only natural that many think such moves are aimed at rallying support within his nation ahead of April's local elections and the House of Councillors election in July. The paper argued we will not be able to mend ties with the tit-for-tat responses. On this note, the government made the right decision when it held a meeting Monday between Defense Minister Jung Kyung-do and U.S. Ambassador Harry Harris because Seoul needed to convey its position to the U.S. government. And now the two countries should let Washington serve as a mediator and prevent the issues from being further politicized. Let's finish with the Seoul Economic Daily. Mm-hmm. The Seoul Economic Daily interpreted the situation quite differently. It analyzed that Abe's leaving out South Korea during the speech was intended to stop tensions from escalating, and this hints at a possibility that the two countries may be able to finally find a way to improve relations. Now that the Prime Minister has dodged adding fuel to the fire, the two countries have earned time to look for solutions. Of course, we can't be relieved yet because the Abe government may attempt to use the feuds with Seoul to shore up conservative support as he prepares for upcoming domestic elections. And if this is why he didn't include South Korea in his speech, the bilateral ties will only get worse, affecting all areas including economy and culture. The two neighbors can't afford to let their relations slip like this, given the need to work together for security in the region, including the issue of North Korea's denuclearization and to strengthen economic cooperation. Therefore, the Seoul government should make a cool-headed assessment of the situation and approach the matter with a calm attitude. Jade, thank you very much. Thank you, Alex.